This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Reddit likes this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite online listening experience, and that is this, and that's Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 509, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. However, we are not just a podcast. We do have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash out 11 You can check us out there. We post some, some funny videos. Uh, social media-wise, facebook.com slash out, twitter.com slash out, instagram.com slash out 11 And we got a new one here for you folks, twitch.tv slash out. That's right, out on Twitch. Check us out. Uh, this is a new thing we're going to start trying out. It's not going to be like talk shows or contests and stuff like that. Um, I think the basic first concept is going to be me playing No Mercy. And <laughs> I'm going to be doing commentary over it. And if people want to talk to me about it, let's go ahead. We're going to do – I'll do a test run at some point this weekend. And, yeah, and that's going to be that. Uh, email us, out one at gmail.com. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. I'm also here, as you heard, his lovely laugh, Dave, who you can follow on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore MO. Dave, how's it going? I'm doing great, and definitely count me in, please, on that plane of no mercy. So what we'll have to do is you'll just have to come over. We'll have to do, like, a socially distant thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll set up, maybe we'll set up the No Mercy in the backyard, we'll run it all to my computer inside. There's ways to do this. It'll be fun. That'd be epic. I know. I have to get all the new, like, new characters and stuff like that, because it's my No Mercy from when I was 13 years old. So, like, <laughs> Salute's still in there. Me as Fallen Angel is Corporate in Corporate Dan. Corporate Dan. No, no, Corporate Dan is going all the way. We're going <laughs> to make a whole head fed out of this. Oh man, you know, let's do it! How there's been the success of uh, you know the FWF on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. It's going to be the the marking out uh, No Mercy Wrestling Alliance or whatever we'll call it. I'm um, excited for this. Let's do it. Yeah, but anyway, uh, unfortunately, Brandon is missing a show this week and next. Uh, but you can follow him on both Twitter and Instagram at bttg161. Um, I would ask him how he's doing, but he's not here. But Dave, uh, what what's the haps? What happened this week? What's going on? How was your Halloween? Well, I am doing awesome as always. He's going to be so um, pissed. <laughs> <laughs> no, my week was uh, was a great week. Uh, Halloween was pretty it was pretty low key. You know, nothing too crazy. I started watching I I always get into the Halloween that horror kick uh, on like TV does. and yeah. You know, it, it's hard not to, but I started watching um, the horror uh, haunting of Bly Manor. On okay, Netflix. that's okay. That's been big recently. Yeah, a lot of people have been talking about it, so I figured I might as well give it a watch. And it's pretty, it's pretty good. You know, it's definitely worth checking out. I never watched the haunting on Hill House. Um, that there was the previous one, but I don't think there's any connection to the two. So if you have not seen the first one, you can watch this one. But yeah, it was it was good. And what about you? How was your week? Um, Halloween was nice. Um, we went trick-or-treating with Jordan's little friends, and the neighborhood that we went in did a fantastic job of keeping everything like really socially distant. 
Like either they'd have a sign on the door due to COVID, we're not doing trick or treating, sorry, or they'd have like a table and they'd spread the candy out on the table so you'd go and take a piece. Uh, one lawn actually took barbecue skewers. Uh, like Masada style barbecue skewers and and taped a piece of candy onto it and then put it like a foot away from each other on their lawn. So you'd pass by their lawn and you just take a take a stick and have candy that's, on it. That's really cool. I, I saw a few tables set up, but I didn't see the skewer part. That that's really clever. One woman had like a tube that went from her front door down her steps mm-hmm. and had like a clown face on it, so she just dropped the candy down, the kids would put their bag in and uh it would go down. Which was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that was that was fun too. Um, and then you know, speaking of Halloween horror stuff, uh, we watched The Witches this weekend. The old, remember that old school movie? Yeah, classic. Classic. So we watched that because they remade it and put it on HBO Max. So we watched that one too. So we watched the the original Friday, and then we watched the regular Witches on Sunday. I mean, the new one. How did the kids like the original? Uh, we didn't. We the, my kids would poop their pants if they watched okay, the movies. That's what I was – because I know I did when I was a child. But, yeah, yeah it, it gets pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, I mean the new one, if you never watched the, the original, the new one was great. And Hathaway did a fantastic job. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Uh, then, you know, we had uh, election day yesterday because yesterday, we were filming this on Thursday. Wednesday. The apocalypse um, has not happened yet. The apocalypse hasn't happened. We still don't know who the president of the United States is going to be <laughs> in typical 2020 fashion. Um, you know, it has to go down to craziness. So it's it's really wild. And it's it's funny, too, because, like, so many people I talked to, like, my boss was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a landslide for Biden. Oh, our good friend of the show, Mike, you can follow him on Twitter at Major Cliche, Major Underscores Cliche. He's like, uh, uh, Trump's going to win by a few electoral votes and he's going to lose the popular vote. And now the way that it's going, it looks like it's going to be a Biden win. So we don't even know what's going on because there's yeah. still it's it's wild. It really like this is something within in like 20 years. If, you know, we don't get hit by a giant asteroid, we're going to be telling <laughs> our kids, hey, guess what? You guys are voting maybe for the first time. You don't remember the election of 2020. Yeah, the election of 2020. You know what? I think that you – well, I don't think. I know you would agree with me on this statement that no matter who wins, whether it's Trump or Biden, I just really hope that the aftermath is everybody is safe. There is no violence. There is no hate. I hope that there is unity at the end of this road and that it's not going to be just a madhouse, you know? I told my mom today. I'm like – she's like – she wanted to talk to me about it this morning and I mm-hmm. looked at her and said – I'm not talking about this. I don't want to talk about this. I'm just going to, you know, stick to what I have to do and just be a good human being. That's it. Yeah. I've I've had so many. uh Uh-huh. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, I've had so many patients bring it up and say, oh, Trump this or Biden this. And I'm just like, oh, so yeah. How about your treatment though? You you feeling good today? How's that pain? We have like. I was just like, total, how could I swerve away from this? Because this is the last thing that I want to talk, especially in the clinic. Yeah, like we had that comp- that group text going the other night where, mm-hmm. you know, I, it was me, Mike, Sal, you. We're all, you know, kind of going back and forth. Well, me and Mike are going back and forth. And then uh, you chime in. You're like, yeah, how about those jets? And they were real bad. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, and, you know, it's just one of the – it's just – it's, it's just such a madhouse at times. And it's such a polarizing year, too. It so is. So the only politics we want to talk about are the politics in professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Um, and with Brandon not here, 
I have to watch so much wrestling this week. I think this is the most wrestling I've watched in months. Because I'll just watch Impact and AEW, and that's it. Um, but I've watched Ring of Honor this week. Um, wow. Yeah. We had, there's, if you haven't been paying attention, they brought back the Pure Championship, and they had the finals to the Pure Championship this week. It was uh, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams versus Jonathan Gresham. We have a new Pure Champion and Jonathan Gresham. Out, you, you with a wrestling background, would love this. I'm would sure this I... because it's like they get three rope breaks. If they don't, if they take all the rope breaks, let's say they hit the ropes, they can't. They can tap out. Uh, and it's more of a catch as catch camp style. Uh, Dave, I'm telling you, you have to find a way to watch Ring of Honor because you will love it. That's really interesting, like that entire concept and stuff like that. How long until WWE takes it? They're not, <laughs> you know. But that, it, that's, I, that is a cool concept. It was. It's it, honestly, it was so cool. I think I got to see EC3 in a, a Ring of Honor ring this week too, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, but no Dan hasn't yet. No, but well, we'll save that for well. I'll save that for my. Ah. I'll save that for later on in the show. <laughs> um, as Dave is only going to be here for Raw, it's me the rest of the way. So let's get these ratings on this show up. Let's listen to the whole show and let's start off with Monday Night Raw. Mm, Monday Night Nitro. Awesome, cool. Uh, you start the show off with Randy Orton, your WWE champion. This was just a, a crazy opening segment because you have Randy Orton come out putting himself over then you have Alexa Bliss and this new version of Alexa Bliss come out with her you know her gloves and she says he could be here the Fiend's music hits you think the Fiend's gonna come out and then out of nowhere you have Drew McIntyre hit a claymore and then after that you have the Miz come out to try to cash in his money in the bank and then Drew McIntyre steers them off and a segment I thought that this opener well this kickoff of raw was really hot i mean i was not expecting first off total swerve about mcintyre instead of the fiend um i didn't expect the mcintyre to get involved at that point i thought maybe the lights were just going to turn back on and just going to be a tease yeah but then on top of that the entire aspect of the miz teasing a cash trying to cash in uh totally caught me off guard i thought he was gonna do it and also i have not watched monday night raw in months mm-hmm. in months so i'm just like oh this is kind of cool you know they're doing something different uh you know mrs cash again at the beginning of the show but then it was like oh he patterns out all right whatever it's not a it's a couple backstage pr- promos later it ends up being you know making the main event it's drew mcintyre versus the miz and morrison in a handicap match but even mcintyre say i guess saving randy orton from that loss too well he said he goes Nobody is taking that title away from Randy Orton but me. Yeah. So cool. I, I I'm a, I'm about it. You know, I agree. everybody loves the babyface chase rather than the babyface holding the title. Mm-hmm. So, but your first match of the evening is Jeff Hardy picking up the victory over Elias in a guitar on a pole match. I thought the ending was a little wonky mm-hmm. because I feel like if it's a guitar on the pole, you should get the guitar hit them, and that should be the end of the match. You shouldn't have to pin them. And the yeah. guitar didn't even break. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was not a good spot. But, I, I mean, the way that I, I believe it's always been is you get it on, and then you can use it, but it never plays out that way because the opponent always gets their hands on the the object that's hanging up there. Yeah. But I, I thought it was a good concept and stuff like that. It made sense to have a guitar on the pole match, especially with Jeff Hardy and Elias. 
Um, but we'll see where it goes. I The one note that I have written in my phone was, Elias, your album is not an album. It's an EP. It's only a four-song EP. Oh. Yeah, I know. It has to be ten songs to be a full album, so... Is that like a legit thing? That's a shoot thing. Yeah, like wow. Car- like Carvey Niche never had a full album. We only had EPs. Huh. I yeah. never knew that. Yeah, I'm Anthony's band uh, Thracian. They you know they have a full length album called Frames. It's great. It's a great album. Mm-hmm. Um, after this though, you have women's tag team action as Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax pick up the victory over Mandy Rhodes and Dana Brooke. I like this. I like the team of Mandy Rhodes and Dana Brooke. However. Um, you had a little bit of distraction from Lana there, um, but still, the champions retain. Yeah, um, nothing really much to say about this match, but I, I'm a big fan of Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, um, so, yeah. Yep, you have R-Truth make his way to the ring, uh, accepting a US uh, a match with US champ Bobby Lashley. Uh, he gets a little confused because he thought it was Bobby Boucher, and he wanted him to sign his water bottle, which I laughed at. <laughs> Which I thought was fun. Uh, it's a quick match. Bobby Lashley picks up the victory over R-Truth. However, post-match, you have Drew Gulak come out and try to win the WWE 24-7 championship. Bobby Lashley puts him in the hurt lock, makes him pass out, and he throws Drew Gulak on top of R-Truth to get the three. We have a new 24-7 champion in Drew Gulak. What is a shocker. And what's crazy is that I don't believe that this is the first time that Bobby Lashley has done that. Um, I think that um, maybe last month, Bobby Lashley had the chance to pick up the victory over R-Truth after knocking him out or something, and then he just opted not to instead of taking the 24-7 championship. So I think this has happened before. Okay. But Gulak, champion. Yeah, I know. I mean, me personally, like months ago when I was paying attention – yeah, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak, like, they had a good program. They had this good chemistry going on. It was a lot of fun. And now yeah. he's just he's just lifelessly winning championships. Yeah, I know. You know, we know how good Drew Gulak is. You remember him on the independent scene. You remember him oh, as yeah. the Cruiserweight Champion. The PowerPoint presentations. They had a freaking shirt of it on Pro Wrestling Tees. Yeah, I mean, even still, I think that what I love Gulak's involvement with the 24-7 championship because he is getting to show it off in matches as well, his technical aspect. But I think he's really good at that comedy aspect as well. Yeah. So I'm all for it. AJ Styles comes out, calls himself the captain of Team Raw uh, with his new big bodyguard, um, calls himself the captain of Monday Night Raw. Then he gets interrupted by Sheamus. Then he gets interrupted by Keith Lee. Then he gets. Then they all get interrupted by Braun Strowman. Then you have Adam Pearce come out and said he wants to have Braun on Team Raw, but he said they make it. They, it sets up a triple threat match. If Braun Strowman can win, he gets onto Team Raw. He successfully does beat Keith Lee and Sheamus in a triple threat match. So now Braun is added to Team Raw alongside AJ Styles, alongside Keith Lee, alongside Sheamus. A, this was a fantastic three-way big man match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Number two, what a team you have. You have this up-and-coming blue chipper and Keith Lee, solid big guy in Sheamus, Braun Strowman, who, you know, kind of carried SmackDown on his back from, you know, from WrestleMania until Roman Reigns came back. And, you know, one of the best in the world in AJ Styles. 
I don't. To- uh huh. No, go ahead. No, 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 go for it. No, I was saying just the the the, the bodyguard just totally confused me though. <laughs> I know that we haven't really had the payoff with the bodyguard yet. I don't know why the bodyguard is there, but we haven't had the payoff yet. But yeah, I totally agree with you. Like this triple threat match was a lot of fun because it was three powerhouses, and we don't really get to see that aspect uh, too often. And even the promo leading into it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then afterward, during the, afterward, you had kind of just everybody. First, you thought it was going to be all good, and then just mayhem broke loose, where you had Sheamus knocking out Keith Lee, and then Braun uh, getting involved in there, and whatever it was. But it was a lot of fun, and this tag team for Survivor Series is a is just a beast of a team. Yeah, the best of the best. I guess CZW lost the uh, copyrights to use that on shows, huh? <laughs> um, weird backstage promo with Angel Garza staring directly in the camera and saying, uh, you know. This rose is for you. But I guess they're trying to repackage Angel Garza again. Yeah, I don't know who that was for. I mean, last week he was giving a rose to uh, Nia Jax, but he's giving a rose to a new woman every single week. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, commemorating, you know, 30 days of the dead man as the Undertaker's three-decade debut at Survivor Series is coming up soon. Did you see they released – remember the old-school foam – Earn that they used to sell like house shows and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, they re-released it on WWE Shop. Oh man, I that's know. really cool. And I still have my original one, but it's beat to ever living heck. Oh, I know, and that... it's, and it's only seven ninety nine too. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh man, do I want to get this foam? foam that's thing? tempting, and and you know it's not going to be up there for too long. No, it's not. But that's tempting. It's only seven dollars. I know that's not bad at all. <laughs> uh, next up, you have the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, an interesting segment. They're saying, you know, the most dangerous letters in the world are RKO. And uh, Abby the Witch tells Randy Orton to go Bob Backlund himself, <laughs> which I thought was good. I, th- I thought this whole thing was funny. And uh, Bray kind of going back to everything that Randy Orton did to him in a previous life. Yeah, I totally just marked out this entire segment. I love the previous life aspect with the burning of the house. And I thought that the Abby the Witch with the entire bleeping out the Bob Bark uh Bob Barkland, jeez. Bob, Bob Barkland. Backlund, the Bob Backlund moments. I thought that that was just hilarious. And the one thing that was weird was the Alexa Bliss with the tongue or goo coming out of her mouth. Yeah, she's kind of make finally bringing her own form. She's oh. kind of coming into her own form of you know you know how there's the fiends and Bray Wyatt. Now there's Alexa Bliss and this evil Alexa Bliss. Do you think she gets a mask? Oh, I that's didn't... what I've been. That's what I've been kind of like, li- like listening and reading this week. They're like, do you think she gets a, a a mask? Do you think she just gets these contacts and this weirdo tongue? Do you think that's... now Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss just run roughshod all over um, Monday Night Raw? That they kind of make it their show. I would be totally down for her using a mask because we have never seen. Um... I don't want to say never because who knows, but I don't think we've ever seen a female wrestler wearing a mask that was just pure evil. We've seen like luchador style. Yeah, but but... like non luchador aspect, like just a pure evil uh, mask wearing uh, woman, uh, woman just dominating. Yep. So, but I like the end when Bray Wyatt looks and goes, oh, you know, oh, poop. And then it just ends the segment. So. 
I love Danhausen just saying, that's right, you shouldn't be cursing. <laughs> so that's his fire up. I love it. I watched a lot of Danhausen matches this week, maybe for the spirit of Halloween. Or I just, just marked out too hard that he's now in Ring of Honor. You have Nia Jax picking up a quick win over Lana. It looks like Lana's going to be removed from the Survivor Series team. Um, and she gets put through another table. Yeah, I think this is the sixth or seventh week in a row that seventh. she's been put through the seventh, put through yeah. a table. And I don't know. It's I don't understand. The only thing that it goes back to is Miro. But I don't know. Uh, outside of that, I don't understand why. I feel like if they did this with fans in the crowd, Lana by now would start to be getting over. I, if that's what they're going for, that entire underdog aspect, I don't think they're doing it with the white with the right woman. I don't think Lana is that person that's going to get over like that. I, I, well, I think they're trying to get her over. Yeah. Now, uh, Naomi, she would get over from something like this, but I can't see Lana getting over with it. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah. Next up, you had a VIP lounge segment. Talking about retribution, talking about the Raw Tag Team titles, which is then interrupted by the New Day. New Day making fun about how old Lashley is. Um, Kofi puts over each member of the Hurt Business except for Cedric. And, you know, joking that his resume is a little bit small. (laughs) This then turns into a tag team match as a big win for the Hurt Business picking up the victory over the New Day. So this could be maybe be their uh, new feud going forward. It's, it seems like it's going to be, but then, like, I don't understand where Retribution fits into this fold. And, I mean, the Hurt Business keep on picking up victories, but I don't know what it's going to lead to. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, we spoke about Alexa Bliss and this transformation that she's having. After this match, they have a backstage segment where Nikki Tross is trying to talk to Alexa, calls her by her shoot real name, and she turns around and she's got the eyes. She's got those black and white eyes and freaks her out. And that's then that hits to your commercial, and then you crash to a commercial break. No, you don't crash. But, um, uh, next up, squash match: Ricochet beats Tucker, who just looks like a straight jobber. No entrance, black tights. That's it. No mention of Otis. Real strange. Real strange. Yeah. Real strange. Um, and we spoke about retribution going on with the hurt business. Retribution comes out afterwards. Beats up Tucker, and apparently now, uh, whatever, Mia Yim, what's her name? I, I forget. We could go with Mia Yim. Yeah, so Mia Yim calls, uh, I mean, it's probably happens, it happens a little bit, uh, you know, calls Asuka a clown, and it looks like she's going to go for the women's title. I'm like, so happy for that, because you know I mentioned that in our group chat about how I really want to see Mia Yim go after the championship and stuff, because that's kind of a, uh, how it should be. So I'm excited for that. But... So something that – what do you think about that? I – and I said this too. It can't just be one of them. It has to be all of them. So like Retribution has to go after the tag team titles. You have to have two of those guys go after the tag team titles. You have to have one of them go after the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. Then you have to have the other one go over the women's title. They've yeah. really been – from what I've been seeing, they've really been floundering with Retribution. Mm-hmm. And you want them to succeed. You put so – invested so much time. Like, this is a storyline that went on from last year with the hacker gimmick on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You invested so much time and so much energy into it. You want to kind of see it get over. And it just – I'm reading reports online that Vince allegedly just doesn't care about it anymore. And he's on to other things. 
That's but, unfortunate. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate too. That so, you, made, you made Donovan Dijakovic shave his head. Oh no, sorry, T T bar slapjack. This one? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Did you see the rumors or I guess the stuff written about the storyline with uh, Otis and Retribution? No, I did not. So there was a something about how they brought in. So I don't know if uh, you're aware, but they brought in the entire hacking gimmick, right? About Mustafa Ali being the hacker. And one of the first things that was – so this is what they put out there was a year ago with the hacker stuff, it united Otis and Mandy Rose because Otis was being tortured by Dolph Ziggler and um, Sonya Deville. But the hacker helped expose all of this to put Otis and Mandy Rose together. And now after everything, Tucker turns on Otis, costing him that championship, and it just so happens that – Mustafa Ali and Retribution go after Tucker. Ooh, so maybe Otis is going to be a member of Retribution. I don't think Otis. You know, I it's just this long-standing thing of Mustafa 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 Ali and kind of helping out Otis. So don't know, probably unintentional, but still play with it. Yeah, yeah. Main event of the night sees Drew McIntyre beat both The Miz and Morrison. Post match though, you have Randy Orton. Hit Drew McIntyre with an RKO, as in the Fiend's music hits and the show goes off the air. Match itself wise, it's just, you know, Miz has the Money in the Bank briefcase. But I understand. Drew McIntyre is your number one babyface on Monday Night Raw, so you kind of have to put him over in this aspect. And this, you know, it just, I don't know. Thoughts, Dave? No, I totally agree with you. You know, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Miz being a Money in the Bank holder. Uh, but I also understand the aspect of the good thing with money in the bank holder is it's not an automatic win streak. It's not like a championship belt where it's like frowned upon if they get a, a loss in there. But Miz it's doesn't a, need it, though. That's the thing. No, I well, that's the thing. Miz definitely does not need it, but it could definitely make him a little bit more relevant in a serious role instead of a joking role that he was falling into. And I'm a huge fan of the Miz as champion. Um, especially as a heel. Um, and I really would love to see The Miz as WWE champion. So I am all for that. But, but we'll see if that happens. We'll see if that happens. All in all, that was Monday, that was Monday Night Raw. Uh, Dave, thanks for uh, helping me kick off the show this week. Appreciate thanks it. For, yeah, thanks for having me. So thanks, Dave, for joining me. Now it's time for the Chris Show for the rest of the show. I think I've recorded something every day this week for this podcast. And now let's go into NXT, which I have not watched in months, upon months, upon months. But for the sake of this podcast and for the sake of making sure we cover everything. I'm not covering NXT UK. I'm I'm sorry. I've watched so much wrestling this week. Um, and I probably say it later later in the show too. But we'll talk about NXT from the Capitol Wrestling Center. You started off the show with an unbelievable women's match where Dakota Kai picks up the win over Ember Moon. This is Ember Moon's first loss since she came back to NXT. They gave this two segments. This was just back and forth. There's suicide dives in here. Uh, Ultimately, it was the distraction from Raquel Gonzalez that gives Dakota Kai the advantage, and she picks up the win. She hits the GTK for the win. So, outstanding women's match. We talk about it with... We, I mean, we talked about it um, 
in detail, I'm assuming several times, about how the depth of NXT's women's division is. Fantastic match. Next up, you have Kushida pick up the victory over Cameron Grimes. You know, Cameron Grimes still feeling the effects of last week's Haunted House of Terror match. You know, they, they had a backstage promo earlier in the night where he keeps looking over his shoulder. The same referee that was the alleged zombie came backstage and Cameron Grimes freaked out. A spot at the end of the match calls for uh, Cameron Grimes accidentally knocking out the ref in the, in the match. The ref, the zombie ref from last week runs down. Cameron Grimes freaks out, which leads to Kushida getting the hoverboard lock in the middle of the ring for the win. So, it, Cameron, it, I like this. I, I, I can't give you a full, like, biased opinion on this because, I, I again, I don't watch NXT. I haven't watched NXT since we did the, the Wednesday Night War show. But I like that they're giving Cameron Grimes, like, some sort of character to it. It's interesting. It's fun. Your next next up, you have a match with Drake Maverick and Killian Dame versus Everwise, which ends as this new stable of Pat McAfee, the NXT Tag Team Champions, Oni Lorcan, Danny Burke, and Pete Dunne. Well, they come into the Capitol Wrestling Center. They drive up. They take. They hijack a camera. They go in. I mean, this match was good to start off. I don't get the the music they come out to and Drake Maverick skipping around. It's funny to me. You know me. I'm, I like comedic aspects in my professional wrestling. So this was cool. And then just a – this match ends in a no contest because this new stable comes out and just beats down everybody in the ring. And Pat McAfee just goes – like this was just way too long for me. He just kept going on and on and on about Undisputed Era, talking about their stable. They're going to raise the flag up in the Capitol Wrestling Center. But then they decided to throw it in the garbage and burn it. So it looks like whenever NXT, I mean, whenever Undisputed Era decides to come back, this is going to be a big feud. Maybe this will be a War Games match. Maybe this will set up for the next War Games match. Maybe they'll do one in the Capitol Center. That would be pretty cool. But I don't see that happening. After the break, you had Johnny Gargano sitting at home at the kitchen table, kind of going over what happened last week, him winning the North American Championship, and then uh, him playing it looked like the game of life with that same ghoul that helped him out at Halloween Havoc. Do we know who this mystery person is? I don't know. You know, people are saying it's uh, India Hartwell, I believe, but then who's the, the male counterpoint to it? Maybe she's just their friend. Next up, match-wise, you had Shotzi Blackheart versus Tony Storm. Tony Storm picking up the victory, you had earlier in the night Shotzi Blackheart have a, in a, an interview saying that you know she wanted to pick uh, Tony Storm because she wants to get to the next level. She wants to show that she can hang with the best in NXT and everything like that. So this was a back and forth match. Tony Storm, as I said, picks up the victory in this. Um, however, it wasn't it wasn't you know a, a clean win because Candice LeRae comes on the screen getting Shotzi Blackheart's attention and. Candace has her little tank and she runs over it with a and says she'll take good care of it. Tony Storm comes from behind, picks up the victory. Post match though, then you see Candace LeRae run over Shotzi Blackheart's um, tank with a Hummer. She's driving a Hummer. That same scream type mask is sitting in the back seat. Uh, you know, she did. Candice is saying she did this because she stopped LeRae from winning the NXT uh, Women's Title Halloween Havoc. So here's your next view that's going to be going forward. After the break, you see a little bit of backstage segment with uh, the 
Legato de Fantasma. They're waiting for Jake At- Jake Atlas to come out. He comes out of his car and he's got a baseball bat. Takes all of them out. Flies out of the ring. So n- next up, it looks like it's going to be uh, Jake At- Jake Atlas and Escobar uh, facing off. Another another segment which I feel just went a little bit too long in my opinion was this Thatch's Thatch Cam segment where Timothy Thatcher is you know kind of demonstrating reversals and different types of locks and stuff like that until I didn't know his name is August Gray but Anthony Green Retro AG comes out uh, and attacks Timothy Thatcher apparently this is going back to last week or something like that again I don't know I don't watch NXT and it's nothing against NXT it's just my Wednesday nights I decided to watch AEW instead. But this was, so far, a very solid wrestling show. Now, which I got screwed up on, backstage you have Xia Lee, a promo is taking how she wants to challenge Rekal Gonzalez, but then William Regal comes up and hands her this envelope. And Lee just walks, and she says, I'll take care of it, and she walks off. So, you know, maybe next week it'll be Xia Lee versus Raquel Gonzalez. You had a promo for Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. They kind of had back-and-forth promos throughout the night. It looks like that's going to set up the next feud for the, the Women's Championship. As, you know, Rhea Ripley lost to the Charlotte Flair, and then they had that triple threat match where Io Shirai won it, which was cool. We talk about the depth in NXT. You can put anybody in here, but then, like, who, who are you going to bring in next? Is, you know, after this Shotzi Blackheart, Candice LeRae feud, is then now Shotzi Blackheart going to win that and then go against Yoshirai? Are they going to bring somebody else in? Is now Dakota Kai got a pretty big win over Ember, Ember Moon? Is she, like, going to be in line to face Yoshirai? Is it, you, know, you don't know what's going to happen. It's crazy. The, the depth that they have. And then your main event of the evening is Tommaso Ciampa picking up the victory over Velveteen Dream. Back and forth, hard match. Again, you don't understand. I I mean, me personally, with all the flack that he's gotten over the past months about certain allegations, why is he still giving all these chances? Ciampa nails the widow's bell to get the victory. Ciampa stares around the Capitol Wrestling Center. NXT, 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 and that's the show. Solid wrestling show. No complaints about it whatsoever. And that's NXT for this week. So let's uh, let's con- continue trucking on with more professional wrestling, uh, sports entertainment talk. All right, let's uh, finish off the professional wrestling talk here. I mean, the sports entertainment talk, sorry. Uh, with SmackDown from this week, you had Sasha Banks and Bailey open the show with a rematch from Hell in a Cell, which Sasha Banks picks up the victory. Um, hard-hitting match. It looks like this feud between these two is over now because, like, where else are you going to put them? Um, uh, post-match, though, you see the returning Carmella. Got to say that one for Dave. As Carmella attacks Sasha Banks on the ap- on the entrance ramp and hits a, a big X-Factor on her. I guess this is now the direction that the women's title on SmackDown is going to go as it's going to be Carmella and Sasha Banks. If I didn't say it, Sasha Banks picked up the victory. Um, the chemistry that Sasha Banks and Bailey have in the ring is outstanding. And for someone that doesn't watch SmackDown and hasn't watched in a very long time, I could tell you, like, from their NXT days, that it's outstanding. Um, earlier in the day, or maybe earlier the day before, uh, it was announced that the Survivor Series is going to be The Undertaker's final farewell. So this kind of puts the, you know, nail in the coffin, no 
pun intended. I mean, there's, there's a pun intended fully there. But uh, it puts Nella Coffin that we're not going to see another match from The Undertaker. It seems like the, the Boneyard match was his final match, and there's no speculation after the end of the last ride that The Undertaker is going to have another match because Survivor Series is going to be his final final ploy. I mean, final you know final time being The Undertaker, which I'm fine with. I'm completely fine with. I said this after... WrestleMania, just let the Undertaker just drive off into the the sunset. Uh, you had qualifying matches for uh, Survivor Series for the Survivor Series team. Uh, you saw Baron Corbin pick up the victory over Rey Mysterio. Um, Baron Corbin did get the upper hand backstage earlier in the night, uh, beating up Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio like didn't even have his gear because he was too worried about his. You know where his daughter was. Couldn't find Aaliyah. This whole family feud, Romeo Juliet style thing. As you can hear, my birds going nuts in the background because they want to be on the show too. But it, you know, Aaliyah shows up with Murphy afterwards. Before this, you have Seth Rollins come out and watch. You have Seth Rollins beat up Dominic on the outside. Uh, Rey Mysterio takes the loss. Baron Corbin now joins Team SmackDown. And on the other hand, you have Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Otis, you could say with the help of Murphy. You know, Murphy comes, gives Otis the distraction as he's, uh, you know, clearing the ring with Seth Rollins. So, you know, this family feud, you can say, with the Mysterios and Rollins and everything like that, you know, post-match, you have Murphy say that he is the Messiah. I mean, he is the disciple of the, you know, now the SmackDown or Friday Night Messiah, whatever it is. So this feud is not going anywhere. It goes from Raw, now it's on SmackDown, now you have Aaliyah involved. Again, this is somebody that hasn't watched SmackDown in a very long time. And if I get things wrong, Brandon, I'm sorry. You had uh, a women's another women's match, as surprisingly, Ruby Riot picks up the victory over Natalia and Zelina Vega. It was interesting where Michael Cole's like, Oh yeah, uh, and this uh, you know, stemmed from uh, WWE uh, Network, and we'll... Oh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll show you it in a minute. But the match is starting. So, first of all, everybody doesn't watch WWE's YouTube stuff. So how would they how would they know this? They need to make a half-butt mention to it. And they didn't show it. They should have shown it before they, you know, there should have been some sort of production cues there because it seems like they tried to rush through it. But Ruby Riot picks up the victory. She has short hair now. Last time I saw her, she had this long, flowing green hair. Now she's got the whole bob going on. Um, I got to give a shout-out to Corey Graves, though, making, which I think was a Less Than Jake reference. She said that, I mean, he said that uh, all Ruby Riot's best friends are metalheads, which is a song by Less Than Jake. I think it's on Hello Rockview. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me on that. Uh, you saw a backstage interview with Lars Sullivan calling, saying how he used to be bullied and now he's the bully and he could do things like scream and do all the stuff. It was just really awkward. Again, trying to get Baron Corbin back in this role of being this big monster heel, being the freak after, you know, things came out about him. And then he went missing off of TV for a very long time. And then he came back. So, and then the, the big thing was, you know, the the family feud that there's been. You know, last week we saw Jey Uso take out Daniel Bryan, uh, kind of like being subservient to Roman Reigns. And this was, a, it was this was something that went through the entire show of SmackDown. As it started off with a uh, backstage uh, promo, 
our backstage segment, you could say, with Kevin Owens and Jey Uso. Kevin Owens just making sure that, you know, they're going to be on the same page because they're on the same team on the Survivor Series team at Survivor Series Best of the Best. This then turned into Jey Uso trying to do a backstage promo with... Um, this then turned into Jey Uso trying to do a backstage promo with Paul Heyman getting involved for some reason and saying that he needs to clear these things with with Roman, which then goes to backstage with Roman and Jey Uso and Paul Heyman saying, you know, Paul, you're supposed to oversee these things. Jey, if you're going to say anything, you have to clear it with me, which then leads into your main event of the evening with Jey Uso picking up the victory over Kevin Owens with the distraction of Roman Reigns coming out and Paul and Paul Heyman coming out and just showing you who the the big dog in the yard, you could say, is. Why everybody has to bow down towards Roman Reigns. So maybe after Survivor Series, it'll be uh, KO versus Roman Reigns. We know who's going to win it. It's going to be Roman Reigns. This is, Roman Reigns is going to go on to hold the WWE Championship or if it's the Universal Championship now. No, it's the WWE Championship until forever because, you know, he's the big dog or until, you know, Whatever, but anyway, anyway, like you know, Biggie was shown in the back, just getting hyped up by the uh, the Street Profits too. That's somebody who should be in uh, a main event. Why didn't he not have a match tonight? Why is he not being considered for Team SmackDown? Why am I just being bitter about the New Day being broken up? Because I am, and I'm very upset about it. But uh, that was my half-assed version of SmackDown. Um, Brandon, I apologize if I got things wrong. But and that's all of our sports entertainment talk. And uh, let's take a little break ski with some words from Manscaped. Our friends at Manscaped are here to remind you to take care of your biggest grooming and hygiene needs from head to toe. The all-in-one Manscaped Performance Package Kit delivers the best tools to shave your body, including your family jewels. You heard that right, even your balls. So I feel like I've used every single buzzer on the world when it comes to you know, shaving down there because I like to uh, keep a tight ship down there. This isn't no sloppy shop. So one time I was using some store-bought buzzer and I go down there and I must have, it gave me the biggest tug in the world and I must have screamed like a little girl. For your most aggressive hair below the waist, their new Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is a must. It's waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and even has a light to help you with your close shave down there. Manscaped went a step further and just released their Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. After you shave the boys downstairs, don't forget to whack the weeds upstairs. The Weed Whacker also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The performance package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep the boys fresh at all times. And they only use the best ingredients. Vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free formulations. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their Foot Duster Foot Deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? 
good because the refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean, fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. Plus, it smells amazing. On top of everything, they've thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this read at manscaped.com. Your balls and your body will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. Once again, that's the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. For 20% off and free shipping. Take the leap and join the Manscaped movement today. Back on Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Uh, as I say every week, it's always awesome to have Manscaped aboard. Go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code REGARDLESS to save 20% and free shipping. My foot duster ran out this week, and as I say, I take a shower in the morning, I put the foot duster on, and let it you know, spray. I got my, it's like it's essentially your foot cologne. It's great. So if you have stinky feet, check that out. Um, you know, the Manscaper 3.0, outstanding. I used it uh, this week to shave my head, and it was smooth as my balls. But go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Save 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself a buzzer. Get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. They also have uh, the Weed Whacker for your ears and nose hair trimmings, which is great. Get some ball wipes. The crop mops are great. Um, yeah, and let's kick it on to some my favorite part of the show, the professional wrestling talk. While everybody was watching election night coverage, I was watching Impact Wrestling on Twitch. Last week's show ended with Johnny Bravo being shot at his wedding. This week, you have Tommy Dreamer donning a Sherlock Holmes outfit. You guy kind of reminded me of the great mouse detective going around trying to find out who shot Johnny Bravo. Uh, and by the end of the night, it was determined that it had to have been one of the ten people in the bridal party. I liked everybody like making their case for it. The sinister minister, uh, Father James Mitchell was like, I would have done this. Oh, wait, I'm really evil. Maybe I would have done it, but we'll see. Do you think it could have been Jessica Havoc? That's my, I mean, my money might be on her because actually I don't want to put my money on her because she's a big AFI fan and I wouldn't do that to another. I wouldn't out rat somebody out like that if they were an AFI fan because we rule. But your opening contest for the evening was for the Knockouts Championship, a rematch from Bound for Glory as Deanna Perrazzo picks up the victory but does not come home with the title because it was by disqualification. Kimberly tries to sneak the chair in. But Sue Young uses it to her advantage. Later in the night, you have Archibald Peck. I call him Archibald Peck because it's from Chikara. Uh, R.D. Evans, Archie Evans, whatever they're calling him these days, uh, try to talk to Scott Demore about the situation. And Scott Demore sets up a match for Turning Point. It's going to be Deanna Perrazzo against Sue Young in a no rules, no DQ match. So we've, I mean, we've seen. Deanna Prazo in the ring and how good she is. I want to see her in more of like a hardcore aspect. We've seen Sue Young do it. So now it's time to see Deanna Prazo do it. I'm pretty stoked about this and it's going to be fun. But, how, you know, I mentioned R.D. Evans, Archie Evans, whatever you're calling him, pop in. He pops into Scott Demore's office after the contract signing of Heath. You know, Heath comes in, he's a little banged up. Uh, and Scott Demore tells him like, hey, listen, let's not sign this contract just yet. 
Let's get you healthy, and then you could do it. So it's playing on the storyline of Heath getting a job at Impact even longer, and I think it's cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Heath back in the ring. I want to see Heath win the World Championship in Impact. Your next matchup was a high-flying contest as Chris Bay picks up the victory over Trey Miguel. You know, this had the flips. This had the reverse 619. Reverse is real cool. Chris Bay hitting a just beautiful stunner, uh, whatever, cutter, whatever they're calling it these days. Uh, to pick up the victory. Um, and also, you know, this was, it was announced this week that Chris Bay is going to be in the Super J Cup this year, so that's pretty cool. I saw people were like, oh, it's kind of cool to see Impact Wrestling's logo on uh, some New Japan stuff. After this, however, you had locker room talk with Madison Rain, Johnny Swinger, Jordan Grace, Tennille Dashwood, Caleb with a K. It was just, this was just a real silly promo because Johnny Swinger... Madison Rain was getting talked up by Tennille. Johnny Swinger wanted to interject. Jordan Grace just didn't care. So you think they're going back now to this you know kind of feud that they had when Tennille came back with Jordan Grace. So have, put have them put on a, you know another sets of matches. Maybe it'll be a a mixed tag match with Jordan Grace and Johnny Swinger versus uh, Kayla with K and Tennille Dashwood. So we'll see how it goes uh, from here. Match number three was supposed to be a defeat Rohit challenge. However, it was answered by TJP coming out in street clothes, putting himself over. He's the best. He's he's wrestled longer than TJ uh, than Rohit has, and then throws what was hot coffee. Well, it was tea. They said it was hot tea. They were specific about that. Oh my God, he threw hot tea. It wasn't Jr. But you know, throws hot tea. At Rohit's face, these guys brawl. No match happens whatsoever. Uh, later backstage, Rohit's agitated with with TJP. Goes up to Scott Tamore. Scott settles this. There's going to be a match. It's going to be Rohit versus TJP. And if Rohit wins, TJP can no longer challenge for the X Division Championship. After TJP, who are you going to put in there next? Maybe you'll put Chris Bay in there. I don't know when the Super, when the Super J Cup starts, but... Um, maybe they're putting Chris Bay over on this one. We'll see. Match after this, you have Ethan Page versus Doc Gallows. Doc Gallows picking up the victory. Um, first of all, bringing out the, cho- the Talking Shop whiskey out, which was really cool. Love the fact that Impact is like letting their performers kind of promote themselves. You know, they bring out the Talking Shop beer. You know, they have they have uh, the Hoop Blood now, which is pretty cool. Um, but this match was was fun. I said it before, I'll say it again. Doc Owls, man, I think he's the, right now the best big guy in the business. And this is this feud that's going on now, too. It's going to be the North and the Good Brothers. Maybe it's the North is like kind of a transitional champion to give it to the Good Brothers after Talk of Chop Mania 2, which we'll talk about next week. Um, we'll kind of give you what we know so far about it. Continuing this storyline with the Good Brothers and the North. You had a backstage segment with Swaggle saying he feels great to be back with Impact. He plugs his book. He's saying that he's not a joke. And then who walks in? The most professional wrestler, Brian Myers, calls him by his shoot name. I found that funny. He just walks in and goes, hello, Dylan. Says he's a shot. He's a sideshow. This, you know, stemming back from Bound for Glory and also last week in the hardcore Halloween match. And he and Brian Myers then shoves the swaggle down. I am. I would look forward to a swaggle versus Brian Myers match. I think it would be fun. I think they could do some cool stuff. You have Johnny Swinger pick up the victory over Cody Diener. He wins with the help of a loaded fanny pack, which I thought was funny. And I enjoy Johnny Swinger's very outlandish personality. 
Next up, you had Moose coming out, cutting a big promo, saying, you know, being very stoic, you could say. You know, he beat Tommy Dreamer. He beat Ken Shamrock. He beat RVD. He beat EC3. And now he's going to come after Rich Swan, essentially. You know, they re- he had everybody see the recap from last week where he beat up Willie Mack. Uh, Willie Mack comes down. You know, Moose shoves Willie Mack into a cameraman. They fight. Willie Mack gets strangled with camera cables. So this is, I guess this is the next thing that's going to go forward. Maybe Willie Mack challenges for the TNA uh, World Championship that Moose has. That's not even a real title. You have your main event of the evening as Sammy Callahan and Eric Young pick up the victory over Rich Swan and Eddie Edwards. I'm such a big Sammy Callahan fan. And the fact that, you know, Impact's doing the Twitch thing, we, as in me and Brandon, are paying more attention to it is awesome. And I get to see Sammy Callahan more, which is real cool. Picks up the victory with a low blow on a pile driver. Um, back and forth, main event tag team action. It looks like you're going to have these four guys now vying for the Impact World Championship, which is cool. So next week, we'll see, you'll see uh, Tommy Dreamer's continued search for who done it, who shot Johnny Bravo. One thing that I found confusing was there was no mention of the Impact's knockout tag tournament. You know, they had the one tag match last week, and that was it. Are they going to continue forward with that? Maybe they're going to put, because they have two hours, they have to, you know, they have so many different feuds and stuff like that going on. I guess they want to give it the time of day and give it a little bit more time on television rather than having a, a two-minute squash match between teams. I'm looking forward to seeing that next week. Looking forward to see what's going on with the Good Brothers and the North. One last thing I wanted to mention this week was Kylie Ray. Um, it was it came out this week that she told uh, members of her Patreon uh, that she is unwell and she is no longer a professional wrestler. And it stinks, especially like mental health stuff like this going through going through a pandemic and going through everything that's going on in this year and how talented she is in the in the wrestling ring. We want to see her come back to the ring. So if she needs to take, you know, a mental break to kind of, you know, re-find herself and, you know, as Shawn Michaels said back in the day, he has to find a smile again, and which works very well for Kylie Ray because she's so smiley. Um, do so. We want to see you back on the ring. We want to see you get that big push and impact, you know. So, uh, and that's impact for this week. And let's finish off the wrestling part of this week's show by talking about All Elite Wrestling. They have a huge week this week. Um, I guess I'll be the only one giving my predictions for Full Gear later on. We'll start off with AEW Dynamite. Show kicks off backstage segment. Chris Jericho putting over Jake Hager, uh, as we didn't talk about last week. He uh, won his fight uh, in MMA. He is now three and zero, which is pretty awesome. Um, putting him over, and then he is uh, cut off by MJF. You know, Chris Jericho right before this it says uh, he thinks Max Max is soft, and MJF responds by saying, "Just watch." As him and Wardlow go out and defeat Sammy Guevara and. It, uh, Ortiz from the Inner Circle. This was a lot of fun. This was a fun back and forth match. Uh, you saw great. Like this is the one thing that I didn't like. I didn't get the fact that they're just like putting Sammy Guevara over so much is like this like super babyface when both these teams are heel teams. So like they're giving him all these like high spots. They're giving him you know this, this flips and stuff like that. Everyone's cheering him. He's you know posing. Oh look how great I am! But both of them are heel teams. I, it did it didn't make sense to me. But 
It was a great match. The ending was uh, they used the Serpentico spot again as back uh, on the outside. Sammy Guevara flips off Serpentico. Uh, I said Serpico, whatever. Um, and he throws a steel chair in his face, and it turns out to be uh, Matt Hardy fueling their match for this Saturday as they will be facing off in an Elite Deletion match. He can't help out Ortiz. MJF hits the salt of the earth on Ortiz. And then after the match, MJF charges the broadcast booth and beats up Chris Jericho, knocking him to the ground. There's a huge uh, melee going on. So really setting up this match to be more you know, more of the blood feud than for a championship or anything like that. You have Kenny Omega cutting a, a uh, interview segment with Tony Schiavone at his house. He's like, oh, no, this is my house. I'm just, you know, just, just here. It's Kenny Omega, you know, blah, blah, blah. Don't, I don't care. Um, we'll continue on with uh, Miro picking up a big victory over Trent, and this was a great match. I like the fact that they gave it some sort of backstory. I know no one watches AEW's YouTube, Brandon. Yes, we know that. But, you know, they, they played the clip saying that, you know, Back in FCW, uh, Trent and Miro was essentially Trent's young boy, and he would follow him around. It was a fast-paced match. You had the interference from, you know, you had the 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 out-of-the-ring stuff go on with um, Chuck Taylor. And why why is his name? What's Miro's partner's name? Kip Sabian. I'm so sorry. Uh, But at the end of the day, it was a botched I mean, the, the ending was botched. We know that. You know, everybody's going to complain. But you have to remember, they're outside in Florida. Yes, I know it's freaking November now. But it's still a little bit above normal temperature. It's still hot. Things get sweaty in the ring. It happens. But the way they played it off was good. I also like the beginning of the match where Miro started, you know, taking jabs at Sue. How dare he? How dare he make jabs at Sue? And then you saw Trent get pissed, pissed off. And then you see, you know, they and they played on commentary. Oh, you, you, don't, you don't disrespect Sue. You get the Sue chant going on in the crowd. It was fun. Anyway, he hits the game over. After this match, more of an outside scuffle until Orange Cassidy comes, jumps off the top rope, gives them the upper advantage. So maybe we'll, we'll, we're going to see this feud going on. Another backstage segment or, you know, out of the ring segment where Jim Ross interviews Hangman Page, you know, talking about, uh, Hangman Page being a little bit too drunk. He's like, maybe you gotta. Are you? You're guzzling a drink. You nervous? You nervous? He's like, yeah, I am nervous. He's like, out of this whiskey, that's all I have. So, you know, it's kind of with that too. It's either like it's gonna be one of those things. Like at the beginning of the show, he's gonna have his drink in his hand and he's gonna smash it down and go out and put out this five star match, or he's gonna lose in two seconds to Kenny Omega. But they, this is like one thing. And then later in the night too, they had another promo for this match so they're really investing a lot of time into this match when like you know like me as the average wrestling fan knows that i think kenny omega is gonna win this one there's there's my prediction right there you have team taz come out and talk about how they sat outside tony khan's office they're not in the rankings ricky starks has won you know 10 of his last 11 matches brian cage is 10 and 1 and they're not on phil gear it doesn't make sense Ricky Starks, outstanding on the microphone, helping cut along this promo. So Team Taz cuts, and they've got they've got validity here to their argument. Ricky Starks being so good on the microphone, he's like, what does it make sense? He's like, one plus one equals two. 
but us not in the rank and stuff like that doesn't make sense. So you could kind of have this kind of fuel to their fire. Maybe they go after the tag titles after this. Hey, listen, if we're not going to be credited singles competitors, let's just go after the tas- tag titles. And there's still waiting on Will Hobbs, too. What's going to go on with Will Hobbs? Is he going to be, be a member of uh, Team Taz? We don't know. Uh, next up, you have the Young Bucks pick a, up a victory over Private Party. Uh, commentary, like, really saying, you know, they should be doing this a couple days before full gear. Really hyping up Matt Jackson's foot knee injury. You know, he went for the dive to the outside. They, you know, they sold that on the outside. Um, but at the end of the day, they did the spot from their tag team title tournament match into the spot that they had two weeks ago into, you know, uh, a be a whatever it is, BTE trigger to get the win. Um, Bucks going in solid. Uh, allegedly, reports are out there that Matt Jackson's legitimately working with a real injury. So maybe that helps, uh, you know, FDR coming out to the ring, trying to hit the good night, hits the good night express. Go to, goes to try to, you know, use that chair again on Matt Jackson, but then Kenny Omega comes out. Adam Page comes out. There's a tense stare down, you know, again. Out of all the matches that they're working on in this, I mean, that they're going towards in full gear, this could be the one that they're really hyping up the most. Is this tag team blood feud between Kenny Omega and Adam Page when we know Kenny Omega's, Kenny Omega's going to win? Um, next up, this promo in the ring right here sold full gear for me. Because it's not just about the rankings, it's not who's number one or number five or whatever. These two guys are telling a story as Eddie Kingston and John Moxley go face to face before their I quit match. Tony Khan makes the announcement saying that if either one of the competitors touches each other tonight during this promo, they have to forfeit Saturday's match. So, you know, it goes into their backstory how John Moxley said that he'd help out Eddie Kingston no matter what to jo- Eddie Kingston's mother. These guys are get so angry, they're so in their face. You can see the tension in Eddie Kingston's face. That's 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 one thing that I love about Eddie Kingston is that like he tells a story with just his facial expressions alone. You know, his eyes are so piercing and menacing. It's it's great. And this I'm really looking forward to this. I'm hoping that this is the main event and I'm hoping for an Eddie Kingston win. But, you know, John Moxley. Uh, so, really hyped up about this. He's, Eddie Kingston screaming, you better kill me. So, I'm, I want to see blood. Because that would really kind of put this match a little bit over the edge for me. As, you know, blood is just not a component. Like, oh, okay, okay, it's dynamite. Hey, I'm bleeding now in this match. No, this is a, a blood feud. This is an I quit match. You want to see, you know, look at the I'm Survivor Series match. Just, uh, no, WrestleMania. I, Stone Cold Bret Hart match where Austin's not tapping out and he's bleeding from the face. He looks up and the blood starts spurting out. That's an iconic moment. And it was fueled more with the use of blood. So I would like to see a nice bloody match between the, these two guys. It would be a lot of fun. Um, I'm stoked for full year. It's going to be great. Next up, uh, there was rumblings about him coming back. And Pac, Pac, whatever you want to call him, they had a promo video for him, which was so well done you know you have him sitting for looking at a tv just sitting there and saying you know the best thing about isolation is you got nobody to play with and then you see all these other pox in the room going crazy you see like all these cool cinematic shots of him just walking somewhere in a desolate area by like a tree or in like a, a walkway getting ready for Pac to come back and pack to come back 
uh, and this is cool. And I like the fact that they started off this little promo vignette with Eddie Kingston going, well, where's your British friend? And he's just sitting there. He just cut right to him. The ominous music, it was so cool. It got me pumped up. Um, so this is a little weird to me. Next up, you, you have this match between uh, Red Velvet and Nyla Rose. But Red Velvet comes out to the ring, and then you have then you cut right to a backstage segment with Alex Marvez. He's talking to the nightmare, uh, the natural nightmares, and the bunny comes up. Well, it was just weird because you have Red Velvet come out, then you cut to this backstage segment. Why couldn't you have done the backstage segment first, and then cut to the entrances and stuff like that? But natural nightmares come out. They're they're talking. The bunny comes out. Oh, says, says, oh, thank you so much for the gifts. Throws the credit cards. They're all maxed. Then you have the butcher and the blade come out. Headshots, kendo stick shots, destroy them. There's a match set up for next week: the butcher and the blade versus the the, the natural nightmares. This is gonna be fun. They're kind of now bringing this whole story of Ali using QT Marshall and going back with the butcher and the blade and the family full circle. Um, I hope it's some sort of you know. No DQ match, so they can use this stuff. And Andy Williams swinging a kendo stick is scary to me. I mean, he just looks menacing enough, but now it's just even scarier. So after this, you go back to entranceways. Now you have Nyla Rose, who's going for the AEW Women's Championship this Saturday at Full Gear. Pick up a, a pick up a victory over uh, Red Velvet. The bigger story was after the end of this, Vicky Guerrero goes outside, approaches Sheeta. And tells her, excuse me in Japanese, and I wouldn't have known that if uh, Chris Jericho didn't say that. A little bit of a scuffle, a little bit of a pull away. So that's gonna, that's going into the world title tournament. Uh, the women's championship, excuse me. You have your main event of the evening where the gun club, Billy, Gun, Billy, Gun, and, Billy and Austin Gunn and Cody pick up the victory over Colt Cabana, John Silver, and 10. You have Austin... Austin Gunn pick up the victory, which is great for him. Again, building you have building a young star. He didn't get the win. He didn't get the pin over John Silver. He didn't get the pin over Colcaban. He got it over ten. So it, it, and they put him over afterwards. Like, oh, it's great. You know, Jericho did a great. By the way, Jericho was on commentary the entire night. Always, a, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure having Chris Jericho on commentary. So it picks up the victory there. Post match, you see the Dark Order surround the ring. You see John Silver kind of creep around them with a steel chair. Orange Cassidy actually runs, takes the steel chair away, hits the orange punch. The Dark Order goes away. Cody's left in the ring to Darby Allin, who's been sitting in the uh, rafters a la Sting. uh, And he just tells him, he's the ace. You're not the ace. You're not getting the TNT title. He's going to win. Cody's going to win. Didn't mention it before, but you had a backstage, you had a, a vignette that was produced where Darby Allen hits somebody with a car that looks like Cody Rhodes. He has the Cody Rhodes uh, mask on, hits him with a car. All right, that's vehicular homicide, brother. Anyway, that was AEW Dynamite. It's prediction time. I want to run through this card because it is stacked. Maybe one of the most stacked cards that AEW has had this year. It's full gear at Daly's Place this Saturday. You can get it on Bleacher Report. I think you can get it on Pay-Per-View. Anyway, the buy-in pre-show match was supposed to be Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. Uh, they moved it to the main card. I listened to Tony Khan on Busted Open this week. He said, listen, the people have told me that this is a pay-per-view caliber match, and I agree with him, so he moved it to the main roster, the main card. 
it's now being reported that the buy-in will feature Serena Deeb defending the NWA World Women's Championship against Allison Kay, who has come out this week and said she's a free agent. She is no longer under contract with the NWA. This this holds more cred to me than the women's championship match because a we know Serena Deeb's awesome. I've said it on the show. Serena Deeb's awesome. We've seen it for years. Allison Kay's fantastic too, and they're going to put on a outstanding women's match. And if I was Tony Khan and all the EVPs and all Elite Wrestling, sign Allison Kay because she is outstanding. That's another piece to the puzzle that you can kind of build, keep building your women's division on. Uh, I see Serena D picking up the win here, so, but in a fantastic match, maybe better than the women's match. No, it, no offense, no offense to anybody, but in my opinion, your first match of the card, which Tony Khan said this is going to kick off the show: Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. I see Orange Cassidy picking up the win here, so that's my prediction. But I would love to see John Silver go over. You've really seen, and I said it two weeks ago, the gem that John Silver is. For not just the Dark Order for AEW. He's so good. Jericho put him over on commentary this week, so that was cool. Chris Jericho will face off against MJF. If MJF wins, he's allowed in the inner circle. MJF has a sterling record here. I think he's 12-2 and in all elite wrestling. But I don't... I mean, it would kind of be like a perfect strangers or an odd family type thing if MJF does join the inner circle. But I think I see Chris Jericho winning here. You have the Women's World Championship of All Elite Wrestling being defended as Hukaru Shida faces off against Nyla Rose. I I, I, I kind of see Hukaru Shida picking it up. But then again, but as I said, then after the, the buy-in, sign Allison K, have her go. Make her the AEW World, Cha- World Women's Champion. That would be awesome. Or bring back Thunder Rosa. Who knows? In what seems to be a, a a cinematic wrestling match, you're gonna have Matt Hardy face off against Sammy Guevara in an elite deletion match. I'm saying Matt Hardy here. You're gonna have the dream match. This match has been like five years in the making for the AEW World T- uh, Tag Team Championships. If the Young Bucks lose. They will never challenge for the AEW World Cha- uh, Tag Team Championships again. Tully Blanchard is ring- uh, banned from ringside. It's going to be FTR versus the Young Bucks. And with the reports coming out this week that Mac Jackson is actually legitimately injured, I am saying FTR picks up the win here. Again, you, the, you, they're building so many good stars. They have this awesome tag team division. There's no need for the Young Bucks, who are the executive vice presidents of the company, to hack the tag team titles when they're so over in their own company. Get other guys over. Have FDR continue what they were doing. We want to see this Four Horsemen style stable, and it would give it would give that stable a little bit more validity if FDR had the straps on them. For the TNT Championship, it's going to be Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. I I want to be wrong here, so I'm going to say Cody Rhodes because I want Darby. They, they like they pushed Darby Allen, then he didn't do that much. Then he pushed him again, then he didn't do that much. Now I feel like it's it, it's it's the time. Maybe Co- this reign of Cody's was kind of a transitional thing to get the title on Darby Allen. Because in all actualness, you really don't see Darby Allen beating Brody Lee, and we haven't seen Brody Lee since he lost the title. So. 
I think it's a perfect opportunity here to put the strap on Darby Allen, but I'm saying Cody Rhodes for secure for a sense of security. Um, you're gonna have Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega, the finals of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. I'm saying Kenny Omega. I this this is gonna be my popcorn break because I really just don't care about this match because I know what's like you know what's gonna happen when you saw the brackets when you when it opened you knew it was gonna be Kenny Omega versus Adam Page is it gonna be a fantastic match absolutely it's gonna be a fantastic match however it just doesn't appeal to me and what should be your main event which is the selling point of this pay-per-view for me is John Moxley defending his AEW world championship against Eddie Kingston it's an I quit match I'm going on a limb here and I'm saying Eddie Kingston They've really hit a home run with him so far, and it would kind of make him look stronger if he never quit, and he makes John Moxley quit. Because we all know that Kenny Omega will beat him for beat whoever wins this match for the world for the world championship at some point, probably at Revolution, the next pay per view. So that's my predictions for Full Gear AEW. It's going to be a fun, fun event to watch. I plan on watching it. Am I going to live tweet it? No, because we leave the tweeting to Brandon. But for now, since I'm running the show this week, hey, Chris, you got any shameless plugs? Shameless plugs. Yes, I do. I've got shameless plugs for this week, Chris. Thanks for asking me. Um, Go follow on all social media platforms, Lost Becomes. Uh, it's Twitter, Lost Becomes, Instagram, at Lost Becomes, Lost Becomes on Facebook. New metal band hailing out of uh, New York featuring good friend Anthony, uh, outstanding vocalist. I'm really stoked about this project that he's been working on. He's been telling me all about it. He may or may have not be sending me some snippets of things that they've been working on, and it sounds great, and it's going to be fun, and I can't wait for live music to come back so I can come out of Mosh retirement and beat people up in the pit against this one. Apparently, now, having a supportive Canadian, or a uh, Canadian, I don't know what it is, but they say, you know, supportive Canadians, so go follow our supportive Canadian of this podcast, uh, Eric, at It's Still Real Bro on Twitter. He does a bunch of live streaming on Twitch of Full Guys, and a bunch of other things. Uh, he's our number one broski, uh, and we thank him for all the support that he's given us for over the years. And now he's going to be giving—he'll be our supportive uh, Canadian, because apparently Americans now need that. Um, and last but not least, I want to shout these two guys out because this week it was announced that both of these gentlemen have signed all elite wrestling contracts, and we uh, here at Marking Out couldn't be happier for them. Um, Platinum Max Caster—you can follow him on Twitter at Caster Show—and the Five Tool Player. Anthony Bowens. You could follow him at Bowens underscore official. Tony Khan announced this week that both these guys have signed a contract. They're going to be a tag team now called The Acclaim. Uh, Both are really talented. Uh, Bravo to them. Props to them. We couldn't be happier for them. And uh, again, hey Chris, got a match of the week? Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Yes, Chris, I do have a match of the week. Um, and it'll kind of loosely tie into my um, markout moments of the week. Okay, so it's going to be Dan Housen versus Psycho Mike from Crossbody Pro Wrestling Academy. Uh, look it up. It's on YouTube. This was a fun match. It wasn't like your flippy-dippy. It wasn't your strong style match. This was a fun, entertaining match. You had Psycho Mike's 
you know, voices inside his head talking over the loudspeaker. You had Dan Housen coming out with a tinfoil helmet thinking that he wasn't Psycho Mike, but he was Psychic Mike. And it was just a fun, comedy-driven match with good wrestling in there. Go check it on YouTube. It was a lot of fun for me to watch. And I'm a big Dan Housen fan. Um, and it wouldn't be a episode of Marking Out without Brandon Shoutout. So, hey, Brandon, who are you shouting out? Brandon Shoutouts! Because this is episode 509, I'm giving the first shout-out to Billy Joel. Uh, his birthday is May 9th, so... <laughs> Here's a, a shout out roughly six months later and uh, go listen to some Billy Joel. Next shout out goes to the live action Dumbo movie. I watched it last week. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a lot different than the original because it involves, uh, it, it more f- puts more focus onto humans uh, who work at the circus rather than just Dumbo himself uh, but it also has subtle nods to the original so I thought that was cool uh, I kind of wish I saw it in theaters I popped at the, uh, the Michael Buffer moment in there where uh, he announced let's get ready for Dumbo uh, and then last shout out because WWE is celebrating 30 years of The Undertaker I'm going to give a shout out to Undertaker versus Test from SummerSlam 2002, which took place at the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, I was a big fan of Test, but this was USA versus Canada, and Canada just happened to be the heels in this match, the heel in this match. And those were my shout outs. Thanks, Brandon, for those outstanding shout outs. And now it's time for it. Our. Out moment of the week. Um, I've got two mark out moments of the week. Uh, it's been mentioned several times on the show, but on Halloween, the big announcement was made after months and months and months of tricks trying to secure a job at Ring of Honor. Dan Housen has finally been hired, Housen, by Ring of Honor. We spoke about how he was, you know, sent home from those bubbles and stuff like that, but they released a nice. Uh, video on Halloween, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor did, uh, about Dan Housen getting hired. I'm stoked to see him on my Ring of Honor programming. He brings A, good wrestling, and he brings a great character persona. I want to see him in the ring with the likes of... I would love to see him in the ring with EC3. That would be a very interesting promo to do. I would like to see Jay Lethal maybe get some promo, maybe get some ring work with him. Which would be awesome too. And then you have to forget all those guys like the Rushes that he could probably hold his own with. But he adds a great component and a different type of character to Ring of Honor or anywhere he was going to go. So congratulations to Dan Housen for being hired Housen by Ring of Honor. Also, another Mark Out moment of the week. We've known on the show I'm a very big beer, I don't want to say snob, but you know, I like trying beers. I like trying new beers. And early in the year, Barrier Brewing Company, based out here in Oceanside, released this beer collaboration called Blue Shell. Um, Blue Shell, it was it's a, 
a Super Mario Kart Mario Kart reference, and I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta get it! I gotta get it!" I heard amazing. It got amazing reviews on like in on on Untapped. It got amazing reviews on Beer Review. The beer stops were talking about it. So last week, after we did the show, they say, "Hey, guess what? We're uh, getting a." You know, we're, we made a new batch of Blue Shell. It's going to be on sale. So me, being the Mark fanboy I am of beer, went, they went to the brewery. They opened at 1 o'clock. I was the second guy in line. I got two four-packs of Blue Shell, and I drank one that night, and it was it lived up to all the expectations. Really big, high, high big, bold IPA, nice citrusy flavors to it. It wasn't too heavy. So I marked out super hard about that. So anyway, that is Marking Out, episode 4. Wow. 409. That's like three years ago. 509. Thank you very much for listening to this. Next week, I will be back with you uh, because Brandon still won't be here. So it's the solo Chris show again. If you guys like this, it's honestly, I think it's been kind of tough for me to do this because and I was t- I was saying to Dave last night too, I'm used to bouncing ideas off of people and not just kind of talking into a microphone. So if you guys like this, tweet at me at Chris Dog and Mark now. Let us know what you think. Um, keep an eye out, twitch.tv slash marking out, uh, you know, m- no mercy on, on the Twitch stream. Check that out also. Cause that'll, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I gotta get, I gotta bone up a little bit on my no mercy playing before I even start, uh, even do this. It'll probably, I'm thinking Sunday, I'm thinking Sunday night. Um, so check it out and you know, it'll be for replays or whatever. Uh, so check it out. Twitch.tv. Ooh. Slash marking out, uh, social media wise, Facebook.com slash marking out, Twitter.com slash marking out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash marking out 11. Marking out covers all platforms. We're the only marking out show you want to hear and watch and listen to. Uh, you can follow Dave on Twitter, Dave the Rave underscore MO. You can follow Brandon on both Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. And until next week, ah. Uh... Oh, wait, hold on. I, wow, I screwed it up because I'm just saying we. Ah. Uh, oh, man. Uh, we wish you the. I wish you the. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Uh, no. <laughs>